Hello, I'm Carl Thomas, and I am your host for Spirit Word Power, where we seek to just get the Word of God viewed through the lens of the Holy Ghost so we can walk in a true and authentic godly power. Join us on this adventure in a day of charismatic craziness. We look to walk in true Spirit Word Power. Let's go. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Spirit Word Power is back in our new iteration. This is going to be a weekly podcast where I dive into the Word of God so that we can have the Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, whom we love, who energizes us, join together with the Word of God so we can walk in the true power of God. That's the goal here. Spirit word, power. I want to talk to you today about the hope of God's goodness out of Psalm 85, but I'm going to take a second to get there. The hope of God's goodness. Now, you know, intellectually, if you read the Bible, and this podcast is mostly for people who read the Bible, who attend a church, if you read the Bible, you know in your being, you know in your gut that that God is good. You've accepted it as a fact, whether you are experiencing that goodness right now, or or if you are consciously, I should say, experiencing that goodness or not. We, we would say that God is good and everything he does is good. Even if we don't like what he's doing, goodness is measured by what God is doing, not necessarily what we want. But that doesn't, that doesn't really put meat on the bones. That's, that's a mantra that we kind of tell ourselves so we don't have to process the disappointment, the grief, the letdown, the incongruency between our faith and our experience. But I'm convinced that God has always wanted his people to be happy. Now, I don't mean in the carnal sense of, you know, I am happy because I am getting what I want kind of a childhood immature happiness. We know that's not really life. That's not that's not what God is looking for. That kind of ignorant, you know, I understand that I'm, you know, eating three pounds of chocolate and I'm happy because the the caffeine and the sugars may be joyful, not thinking about how I'm going to have a a crash later. Not not that kind of happiness, but but we know even in the New Testament, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And there, there's a joyfulness that God desires us to incorporate into our lives. At the same point, God never said he's going to make us do anything. And as God has given us free will, we get to choose how we live. Now, there's certain brands of Christianity that will tell us to just deny reality and we are to become some sort of robotic parrots of mantras that declare that we're happy, that we're joyful, we're overcoming, when we're not really experiencing that at all. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do we truly walk and camp out in the joy of the Lord? I believe this is what God wants for us. He wants us to figure out 
how to walk in the joy of the Lord. And he tried to teach Israel this for years. If we study the Old Testament, we see time and again, God is trying to get people to live right. And they kept looking at it like, okay, how far can we push the rules? How it, again, it's, there's this immature aspect to it where it's like a small child seeing, okay, can I have this much chocolate? Can I have this much chocolate? And God is saying over and over again, this is not what this relationship is supposed to be about. When life isn't happy, how do we react to it? How, how do we react to, and I don't mean like, you know, my day didn't go well. I'm talking about seasons of grinding through life. What, what do we do? How, how, do we, how do we seek to be formed in a way that God's goodness can sustain us through extended periods of dryness? maybe disappointment, maybe a lack of fulfillment. How, how, do we, how do we live in a place where the fountain of God's goodness is seen in our lives? What, what's a believer supposed to do? Well, first of all, I believe in Galatians chapter 5, the writer of Galatians is telling us that there, there, there is these works of the flesh that produce all kind of evil in the end. They're, they all just, they, they're not evil in and of themselves, but in reliance on what we can produce, the end result of it will always be disappointment, will always be bad things. We can never produce the righteousness of God with our own efforts. But then he contrasts these works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. That's the Spirit's manifestation in our lives. And how do we live in this fruit of the Spirit life? Well, the, the, the way we do that doesn't mean that we go into some sort of asceticism where we deny our flesh, we, desire, we deny our will, we deny our own efforts. That's equally ignorant. What we are to do is we are to actually take charge of our own soul. This is the, the, the spiritual formation that is lacking in much of the church today. As pulpits serve up cotton candy Christianity, majoring on God's many, many benefits, and we could fill a year's worth of preaching on the goodness of God and never once lie against God, right? We, we can, you can never brag about him too much. But that is not necessarily spiritual formation. That's not spiritual formation. What we need is we need encounters with God's goodness. We need spiritual formation, and we need to be on mission. And so as we, as we talk about spiritual formation, how do we get carried through the hard seasons? How do we learn to produce the, the fruit of the Spirit instead of our Christianity just being a work of the flesh? More rules, more laws. God gave us a, a, a hint in, in Deuteronomy, the early chapters of Deuteronomy, but especially 5, 6, 7, 8, where he basically says, you know, if you follow my laws, if you follow my ways, your life's going to go well. And he promises them in, in, in Deuteronomy 8, 6, says, therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways 
and fear him. Walking in his ways. This is this is what your soul desires. Your soul longs to walk in God's ways. Because again, his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And, and if there's anything that we need, Western Christianity needs in the year 2023, it is peace and joy. And it only comes through righteousness, following the ways of the Lord. Following the ways of the Lord. This is what we need in these days. But if we look at Psalm 78, and again, we're going to get to Psalm 85 in a second. If we look at Psalm 78, go ahead and take some time and read it today. And there's like this story of Israel in Psalm 78. And God is like, man, I I told you to follow me. And it talked about how because Israel wouldn't follow God, they wound up in captivity, and all kinds of terrible things happened to Israel. And what were the two sins God said he had against Israel? Two things. He said, you did not remember all the good things that God did for you, and you complained. You did not remember the good things God did, and you complained about what you're going through. The, the, the psalm clarifies the riddle of the past so it becomes a lesson for the future. God is like, I have come through for you, and the miracle I did in your past is supposed to sustain you in the future. That, that was supposed to form them. It was supposed to color how they see God how they saw other people, how they saw their place in the world, how they saw themselves. They are the people of the God who does miracles for them. So even in the midst of trials, God has not changed. Their relationship with God has not changed. Their relationship with themselves has not changed. And God is looking to establish, just like he did in Israel, he's looking to establish in in us a testimony, individually and collectively. In the hard times, in the dry times, in the times of confusion, in the times of complaining, in the times when things aren't going particularly well, the one thing we don't have to question is God's heart toward us because it's already been established in our hearts. God is good. That's not up for debate. He wants the testimony of our lives to establish our relationship with him. Complaining is to deny that identity in God. It says, you know, God, I don't trust you in this season. And what we are doing in the complaining is creating a false testimony for our soul. We begin to live in a testimony about God that is not true. It separates us from God. It goes us from relying on the fruit of the Spirit. God is not trustworthy. Therefore, we lean on the works of the flesh. And so, we see so many times that we know this for other people. 
We know for other people, God is good. He's going to come through. He's going to make a way. But for us, sometimes that gets really hard to remember. We somehow think that we're so special that God's nature somehow doesn't doesn't manifest in our lives. Brings us to Psalm 85. Beginning of Psalm 85. Man, the psalmist, he is, he is not happy. He's like, man, you, you, you showed favor to your land. You, you, you restored the captivity of Jacob. You did all this, but restore us, O God. And then they start blaming God for their problems. Cause your indignation toward us to cease. Will you be angry forever? Will you revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your loving kindness. And then right there in between verses 7 and 8, something clicks and God begins to speak. He says, I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people. But let them not turn back to foolishness. Here's the key right here. This is it. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in the land. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Verse 8 again. I will hear what the... what. God, the Lord, will say, he will speak peace to his people. We need to be so formed in our hearts that we're able to speak to our own soul when it starts to go a little crazy and say, no, 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 no. God has proven himself to be trustworthy in my life. God has revealed his nature to me. I have a testimony of miracles in my life, and we need to meditate on those miracles, those breakthroughs. We need to keep a record of them and meditate on them so they set the foundation of our faith, of what has been established to be truth in our lives. This is what we need. We need to be spiritually formed in the people who have it settled in our hearts that God is good. I pray this week that you would make efforts to meditate on the testimony of God in your life. Maybe tell the testimony to somebody. Maybe remind God. Maybe remind your own soul. Maybe you just need to refuse to fall into the sin of Israel in Psalm 78 who forgot their past and they complained. Don't deny your problems. Don't, don't, don't deny your problems. Don't, that's goofy. But don't deny your testimony either. Allow it to spring forth like a harvest of joy in your life. Meditate on the good things God has done. Create an atmosphere of expectation for God to get his way in your life, and you will learn to walk in the joy of the Lord. I hope this has blessed you. If this has been of any value, if you can go ahead and like it, 
share it, maybe give it a rating on the podcast. God bless you, and I, I pray that this is ministered. And uh, I'll see you again next week.